This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kerbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice and Gav Buckland. We're here to look back at the Blues' FA Cup victory against Lincoln City, look ahead to the draw and how important the FA Cup is to the season and whether January can be of help to that. Um, Chaps, heavy weather in the end on Saturday. Um, After 14 minutes, I thought we were in for some sort of ATV Erdning esque 22 0 thumping of uh, the lower league opposition. Naivety of you. Indeed, didn't quite turn out that, but we're through. Yeah, that was the important thing. I mean, uh, it, it was heavy weather. I've been banging a drum about this ever since because to me it was never a free kick uh, that got Lincoln back into the game. You know, I thought Mina was very harshly dealt with and but for that set piece, I think it could well have been, you know, maybe not ATV earning style, but it could have been a comfortable stroll. But, you know, they put a good quality free kick into the box. Pickford was so unlucky, great save and then, you know, no one reacted quite quickly enough. And nerve setting, uh, full full credit to the Lincoln supporters for creating a wonderful atmosphere and creating that edge of tension. Every time they crossed the, uh, the halfway line, they got so excited and that put people on the edge of the seat nervously rather than excitedly. Uh, and it was, you know, all in all, it was a relatively uncomfortable afternoon. But how many saves did Pickford have to make? Not that many, to be fair. There were, you know, crosses into the box. There was one Richarlison had to head out from like three or four yards off his line. There was nothing really to get that worried about. It was slightly closer than we would have liked. But it was a win. It was relatively comfortable in the end. And we're in the next round. Gav, where do you sit on this one? Is it, you know, what we're through? We're through to the fourth round for the first time in a couple of seasons. That should be the focus. Or are you concerned by the fact that yeah we controlled large chunks of the game but there was always that that Set lingering think, threat yeah. and we were giving away free kicks and corners and yeah, it's, it's it's not it's my birthday the uh, normally around the last weekend in January so normally I've had quite a few spare birthday weekends last last few <laughs> years so the effort of spot it you know uh, by getting through to the next round yes Penno's uh, points there I mean I think it was possession was 75 25 in our favor something like mm-hmm. that um, second half in particular, they got nowhere near us until they, they sorted through the kitchen sink and us last five or ten minutes, which you would expect. Uh, their support was was excellent. Um, what I would say just generally, uh-huh, wasn't the best performance, but if you, have, if you have a look at our results against slower division opposition in, the F, in both Cups over the last, say, the last five, ten years, at Goodison, it's tended to be 2-0, 2-1. You know, like those type of games you saw on, on Saturday. Um where when we've gone away from home, we've handed out a few few hands. I mean, I think there's been a couple of five ones, five one at Scunthorpe, we had the yeah. five one mm. Monday night game, it was a four nil, was that Stevenage or something like that. Um but ironically enough against those type of teams, you're better off playing away from home where you get a, maybe a little bit more space. So we should be um, thrilled as Millwall away. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so I think uh, in that context, it was wasn't too dissimilar to some of the games we've seen. A lot of the games we've seen in cup matches against lower division opposition, they're top of the the fourth tier. They're obviously a decent team, decently coached, um, and put all that together and say that happy to be into the the next round. And I'm not not particularly worried about it. I would pan out on the day to be honest with you. Uh, speaking about the fourth round draw, uh, for those who aren't aware, obviously Everton will play Millwall uh, at the. Uh, 
The den, is it the new den? It's the new, new den, well, sorry. It's quite old now, but it is, it is still called the new den, yeah, as opposed to the original den, which um, was quite some place. One of our <laughs> colleagues, um, Sam Carroll, messaged me when the draw got announced, worried, that's it, FA Cup runs over. I said, no, mate, I'm very, very pleased with that draw. I wouldn't say very, very pleased, um, but it could have been a lot, lot harder. Why, why was he so concerned? Too? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't understand. I they think are 19th it's... in the championship. Well, exactly, and, yeah. You know, they've picked up a little bit of late, but, you know, the, you, you always want... I, I was banking on Accrington. I wanted Accrington because of the lower status, because it's a ground I've never been to. I wouldn't have minded taking that one off the list. Um, but you know, Millwall's not, nothing too troublesome, you would hope, uh, provided you know Marco goes about it in the way that he went about Lincoln and picks you know saw a very strong if not full strength starting so eleven full strength won't he? exactly as soon as you see Jordan Jordan Pickford in the starting lineup you think great you know so he's treating this properly uh, and I had, I was absolutely delighted with the uh, the team that he put out there you know the the couple of changes that he made uh, you know were justified you know because Lucas Dean needed the rest and Leighton Baines was excellent absolutely excellent uh, Richarlison has looked a little bit leggy of late as has Andre Gomez you know so. Yeah, that they needed the uh, the break, uh, but if he goes about it the same way he went about, you know, the Millwall trip, this is the way he went about the Lincoln game. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be in the the last sixteen and praying for a, a decent home draw. Then, yeah, because that's what I was saying before. Sometimes you're best off playing these teams away that, from home. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, because you, you'll have more space. You almost well, that, think, last yeah. time we played there it was a bit streaky, wasn't it? it was a one more to get scored right at the end. But you almost think that people will look at the fixture and how on paper and, and to an extent in reality perhaps it wasn't as comfortable as it maybe should have been on Saturday and go Millwall at home against Premier League opposition and yeah. then actually this will work in our favour yeah I think it's us I'd rather play I'd yeah. rather play away from home um, I think as I say you get more space and, and the pre- pressure and the strains in, in, in front of their home support is, is a bit more on them isn't it really um, I'm talking talking us into the fifth round here. So yeah, and there's I don't have any Premier League teams left. There's a fair few Premier League teams. There are against few. Yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. So, so I mean, we've avoided the, the Premier League team, and that, that it's opens up a little bit. Um, I think six more go out this round. Yeah, so we so. can't can't complain really. It's in our own hands, Indeed. and um, no complaints. So hopefully they'll make me BFD worthwhile, like you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Ball in his column uh, today, Preno, uh, rather. Well, typically hard hitting from Ball, yeah, yeah. uh, said the league, as far as he's concerned, is done and dusted. Any hopes of the top six are over, so the season effectively hinges on the FA Cup. Do you agree with Borley? Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I very rarely disagree with Borley. To be honest, he's uh, you know he's a former player, but he, he speaks and writes like a fan. You know, he has a season ticket at Goodison. You know, uh, not one that's given to him by the club, one that he pays for himself, and he, he goes and um, you know sort of enjoys the games. Most of the time, um, you know, so he sees it from a fan's perspective. Um, uh, yeah, I agree entirely. I mean, there's a possibility of, you know, getting up into seventh place and, you know, that could then be Europa League qualification. And I know that's a different argument entirely. I still think that is a prize worth chasing. Some people don't. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, the FA Cup has to be the absolute priority. And I was heartened, actually, by what a lot of people had said, you know, like Marco Silver had said, you know, prior to the game, clearly... You know, so Bill Kenwright for had Mashiri had got into him and told him, look, you know, this is very, very important, this competition. And, you know, 37,900 in the ground that day indicates that clearly it still is. OK, they reduced the prices for it, but it doesn't matter. You know, so the FA Cup is a, a wonderful competition. And I know, you know, people of my age, some of my 
happiest moments watching Everton Football Club have come in the FA Cup. You know, that 84 Cup final was just such a special day, you know, so occasion, you know, absolutely wonderful. But my son, you know, who was like still in his early 20s, still gets the FA Cup. You know, he's a really, you know, so excitable about it. He was like hanging on the draw last night. He wants to go down to Millwall, you know, so he loves it. So it's good to see. Is that your influence though, Preno? No, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think, you know, know, there are a generation of Everton fans that see it as an opportunity to win something. And, you know, that's what they cling on and you know if Everson played a weakened team in the next round they would be genuinely upset and quite rightly so so yeah I agree entirely with Bordy you know it is a competition that we need to absolutely prioritise and, and, and Preno Gav mentioned the excellent attendance and you know prices re- reduced but as you know as you would expect for a third round against yeah. the low but I, I you know I, I sort of uh, fleetingly mentioned it in the piece after the game Marco must must think you know the sense of momentum that a run could actually build goodwill, credit going into the summer. And he must think that it's an opportunity not to be missed on several fronts. Keeps the season alive. Um, yeah, it's nothing worse than those blank yeah. weekends, isn't yeah. it? The January and February. Yeah, and, the and we've had plenty of opportunity. I think it's oh, third, yeah. third yeah. round. We've gone out three the last four years. So mm-hmm. keeps keeps league games interesting. You know that we need that to keep that momentum going on. We've got, what, two is it between now and the third round? Mm-hmm. So fourth round. So it keeps everybody alive, doesn't it, around, around the club rather than finishing up just basically fighting for seventh. And it was interesting, wasn't it, like a lot of feedback over the weekend, as there is every season about teams putting out, uh, clubs putting out weekend teams in the FA Cup. And the ones who've been panned the most have been those sort of mid-ranking Premier League clubs. Quite yeah. so. Where it's only, yeah, yeah. their only chance for any sort of glory this season, of which we are one of them. Yeah. And in that context, it was good to see us going for a little bit. And I think... If anything, we may go for it even more at Millwall. Uh, well, I, 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 I would imagine. I would absolutely, yeah, as Prenos alluded to, he has yeah. to go full strength at Millwall. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, and why wouldn't he? Yeah, I think they've got, a, they've got a league game, I think, at Huddersfield, and it depends on the, uh, I think that's a Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, so it's depend, in, yeah. in between the weekend and, the de- and transfer deadline yeah. day, yeah. So, um, it keeps everybody talking and there's something to look forward to, isn't it? And, and, and I'd say it was our highest third round attendance for 40, 41 years on uh, mm. on Saturday. And, and you know, we say like, oh, prices were cut, but people have still got to get get out the house and get down there, haven't they? the will you know? to go. And- yeah, and um, I think um, it was all positive for me. And it, it, as far as the FA Cup's concerned, it's, it's still positive after last night's draw. And if you get through, all of a sudden you get through. I don't want to like talk ahead. But Three wins from Wembley, Gaff. Yeah, exactly, you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You smell the hot dog. What was it, Gordon Lee's one? Smell, smell the hot, the- dog, <laughs> hot dogs, whatever it was. But, but equally, another yeah. argument is that rather than talking about the importance of the FA Cup, the, the fringier players that uh, Marco brought in at the weekend, none of them, Leighton Baines accepted, a notable exception, did much to suggest that they deserve to be back in for the next round. I mean, yeah. Tom Davis was hauled off at half-time, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, OK, he was involved in Bernard's goal, but didn't do a great deal else. Uh, they didn't really enhance their claims. Adam Luckman's a case yeah, in point. Luckman, yeah. Started well, did OK in the end. I don't know what Dion Dublin was watching on Match of the Day Saturday night. Outstanding performance. Got to be back in the team now. I think he was watching the potted highlights. Th- just yeah. a bit, yeah, because he went missing for a long time, Adam Odeluck. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think that's, that yeah. was understandable given he's, he's, he's been out injured. I don't yeah, think yeah. that's a slight on, on Luckman, but as you say, we don't get carried away just yet. You know, no, he needs no. time. He's got come, quality, yes. but that quality tends to be shown as an impact sub, you know, and he was an impact player for 20 minutes and then, you know, faded for a little bit. So I suppose the 
the task for Asimola now is to produce it consistently, not game after game, but through in a match, mm. you know, so for 80 minutes, 85 minutes, you know, rather than just little flashes. Just one, one further point from Saturday, which may be worth mentioning. I know he's mentioned about uh, Pickford. Do you think he should have come for that cross? Well, it was put to Marco at the end, yeah. um, and Marco, in his as is his way, is reluctant to single out players f- yeah. f- for criticism. But he didn't say no. I think he did fine. So yeah. you 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 take. He's a good save. That. I was just you know when I watched it again, I was thinking he's, he's having one of those spells, isn't yeah, he? Where, yeah. You know, under an awful lot of scrutiny, and you know yeah. he's made one or two errors, and people are starting to look at him even more closely yeah. now. It, if he he, a, he's a young goalkeeper. Yeah. He will make errors and he will learn from them. You know, provided he's not making the same mistake week after yeah. week, which he isn't. There seems to be something different every time. Because the two words that came out of uh, out of Cobbs on uh, on Saturday that I've been here for a while was zonal marking, wasn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> God, and, yes. uh, which thankfully we've not heard for for three or four months. It was interesting. Not that we've been that, keeping a load of clean sheets, by the way. No, though. no. But I think it was just interesting to see how we we matched them up, wasn't it, on mm. corners that. We appear to have the, you know, our biggest guys against their smallest guys, and our smallest guys against their biggest mm-hmm. guys, weren't they? And that that's still something that's a work in progress, isn't it? And and they they are a set piece team, Lincoln. I understand, and uh, they they took advantage of that, didn't they? And mm-hmm. that's something, you know, when you talk about Millwall, that being interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to be totally honest. I don't know how Neil is it Neil Harris is still in charge at Millwall. I don't know how he. Yeah. And Millwall operate, and, you know, traditionally we'd all think it would be up and under, yeah. crazy gang esque, yeah. you know, but perhaps it's a little bit more refined to be in the championship. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see what they're, I mean, that's talking ahead of it. We'll have, we'll have a pod before then, what their priorities are as well. Man. Exactly. Like, they're well, they're getting too yeah. close to the championship yeah. drop zone for yeah. comfort, aren't they? So, yeah, <laughs> they could arguably make changes themselves. Yeah, so, I mean, um, interesting. Yes, yeah. no, um, just going to stay with, with Ballish column because I think it, it, it's brought up quite a number of really interesting points today. He, as I said, and we've agreed around the table in many respects that the season rests on the FA Cup. Bawley has said, you know, he's not a fan of the January window and common sense, if it were to prevail, would see us not make any signings or no panic signings, nothing unnecessary. But he has suggested and he says he fully understands the sentiment among you know many supporters that a striker is needed, and he says, "Well, what about a striker to help in the FA Cup? Just <laughs> just until the end of the season, so we've got extra bit of fire." Do they have any names in mind? <laughs> not just finding those players who are on well, cup side who are available. Yeah. Easier well, said than of done. Of course, but you know, is uh, is it something that the football club should be thinking about? Is it worth that loan fee and wages for six months to you know to to have no regrets over a draw, which we've said? does appear to be potentially opening up for us. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, David Moyes was outstanding at that, you know, so I can think of plenty of players that he brought in, shot in. Brian McBride was the one who made a real impact, you know, so in a very short team. Landon Donovan. What's Donovan doing? Uh, Yeah, you know, so Mm. those kind of players can be out there if you're creative enough. Um, And yeah, I I take the point on board because it was quite stark on occasions on Saturday. They were getting wide frequently and getting decent quality balls into the box frequently and frequently there was no one in there to get on the end of them when Cheng Tosin did finally get on the end of one he managed to miss it um, so yeah you know the, the it, it's chicken and egg isn't it I suppose you know the club doesn't want to bring in a panic buy they want the players that they've targeted for the long term future of the club and would bringing a player in for six months be good for the long term future of the club if it is only a short-term loan, a la Landon Donovan, a la Brian McBride, I don't know. He was in the States now. 
Wayne Rooney? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, obviously. I was, I was thinking about <laughs> Jermaine's a phone going to Rangers, you know. I'm not, I'm not sure yeah. whether he's a silver uh, Yes, possibly. No, I don't think he's a silver he's profile, thinking, is he? He's still got a few miles left in the clock there. Yeah. He's only playing like a Premier League football last season, wasn't mm. he? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, you have. Mm. I mean, I, I gather, you know, do the club have to, and I'm sure they have thought about this, but you know, do they have to think? Well, for the for the short term outlay to get somebody in, is it worth rolling the dice for what the FA Cup not only would bring financially, but would bring in every other yeah, aspect? It's publicity and everything, isn't it? On terrestrial TV, you know, what, isn't what, it? All that, it yeah. what, what sort of signal would it send out to everybody if, in the week leading up to the fourth round, bang? Uh, a new striker comes through the door and then we get knocked out at Millwall you know the door, <laughs> remember who arrived in uh, winter 1983 yeah and, and scored, at, scored, yeah. scored at Wembley a few months later Mr Grey yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, first of all what I would say it's a bit of a damning indictment of our centre forwards resources that we've got at the moment as you mentioned the two players who played there on Saturday were both not great shall we say so first of all it's an area of concern, isn't it? It's also now become maybe our biggest area of concern. So I think it's a it's a, it's a more a comment on the people we've got than the people we need. Uh, I can only really say what plan. I mean, we've obviously been drinking from the same drink there because I'm, I'm agreeing with everything. What plan I said today, yeah. <laughs> There's always a first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Including Michael Balls, Colin, by the way. Mm. Yeah, because I always agree with. I always agree. Yeah. I, in fact, I hate it. Reading Yak over Monday, and he says all oh, things. I think I'm going to say in the pod tomorrow, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and this is one of them, you know, like talking about the forward thing and that, the transfer window. Uh, I I'm with Preno. If some if a gold standard, yeah, we can't afford to miss this one comes up, then yeah. But if we're just fishing now just for the sake of it, then I don't see because if you don't think, see the point. Because you look at Saturday and you go, look, in the end, we controlled the game. But the, one of the big, the big reasons, so not one of the big reason, it really was nervy was that we didn't score goal number three. We had all the ball, as you said, we kept getting wide crosses in the box, but there was nobody there to, to finish. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that, and and, and if you, if that player is in the squad, it's it's a comfortable. We've cruised through, no problem. It's that player in the squad. I mean, Calvert Lewin had, had an opportunity that you know he, he could have Should done have better scored, with, yeah. yeah, you know, which w- would have made it completely comfortable then. And we've spoken many times about Calvert Lewin. You know, we all like him, we all rate him, we think he's got a future. But you know, he's didn't have his best game at the weekend. Uh, Luckman went close, you know, a couple of times. Yeah, it, it could have been very, very different. Is the player in the squad already? I, I, I don't know. Cheng Tosin disappoints me still. I don't think, you know, I think he's gone backwards. He didn't appear to be in the box as often as he should have been at the weekend. He was outside the box, uh, looking further down the, um, you know, the, the academy system. The young lad Sims is flying at the moment, but nowhere near ready for, a, you know, first team football yet. Um, in fact, the Bundesliga giants seem to be uh, nice, sort of trying to pick up all our younger players now, but they seem to be young, uh, wide players rather than, you know, sort of central yeah. strikers. Difficult one. Um, stay on Tosin, Gav. It's it's just over twelve months. I think it, it was the FA yeah. Cup third round half time, and, and Tosin got announced. Perhaps he's gone backwards. Do you agree with that? Yeah, this season we scored a good goal. Was it was a Palace who scored a good goal. It's a great goal. Yeah, showed pace. We didn't just, realize he had. You, yeah. you don't know what goes behind closed doors and what conversations I had, but he looks. He carries all the signs to me of a player who knows his days are numbered. So therefore. What's the, what's the what's point? The point? Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, there's always been talk of maybe him going back to, to Turkey, but 
he looks like a player who's rightly or wrongly my days are numbered here so is, is, and that, that's whether intentionally or not it's reflected in his body language in his mm. in his, his overall play is he is he not a, pre, a player of premier league standard or is it a case of he is a victim of circumstance in that he does not fit the profile of striker that marco silva wants he does not he's not a striker that will hold the ball up run the channels make space for others or is it He's just not good enough. That's a good question. I feel do a podcast on that. <laughs> Seven thousand word dissertation. Uh, well, he's, he's, a stri- he's a striker who was bought well, by a manager that likes to get crosses into the box, yeah. and he scored the majority of his goals last season from that kind of service. Mm. He's not, you know, Everton don't play that way this season. You know, it's more, you know, sort of players interchanging. And, but then again, you know, isn't yeah. it? As you know, you think about the chances that that, that Tosin has been given and hasn't taken this season. Springs to mind Newcastle at home. You know, we we got level, and then mm. the cross comes in the box, and he hits it straight at Dubravka. Yeah, yeah. And you think, is that a sign of a player not good enough? Is it a, sign of a player whose confidence <laughs> has been shot, or is, is there no excuse? Sorry, you're gonna. That's what that's what you've got to do. All strikers miss chances, don't they? You know, every every. But, 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 it, but what I'm saying is that, that there is an argument, rightly or wrongly, that his game is built on nothing else other than finishing. Now you can say mm. that's that's. That's wrong or, yeah. or whatever, but in those opportunities, there is a bit of Jelovic in our bottom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. He can, yeah. can he afford? To, he can't afford no. to miss those chances. Yeah, but his argument would be well, that, that was a, that was the uh, that was the sign of somebody's not had enough game time for a start. He's maybe not sharp, Matt sharp enough. Hitting it straight uh, at the keeper yeah. from seven yards. No, just generally. Okay. Generally, yeah. Um, going back to your first question, I think there's a bit of both going on there, isn't it? Yeah. I think he's. He may be Premier League quality, but not what we want in the Premier League. Mm. And so he doesn't fit in maybe to Premier League quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's not the first person to come from abroad and struggle. And he, so we've been bought by one manager. It's always it's always a problem that isn't. It? If you get bought by a manager, then get sacked or whatever. Sam will say it is three or four months later. You've got you've got a big problem then, haven't you? And and I think he he's a victim of that, and there's been loads of players like that over the years. And I think he, you look, mentioned Jelovic was almost yeah, the same, wasn't he? Yeah. I tell yeah. you what, I loved the chat in the program this weekend of Andy Hinchcliffe uh, talking about the problems that he had. Uh, you know, the superstar at Manchester City sold to Everton, sold by Howard Kendall. Howard Kendall comes back as manager. Yeah. And uh, he was told from that day on, he said, "You're going to be sold." Uh, not by Howard, but by the players winding him up. Yeah. And it affected his game totally. And eventually he was sold the third time. Howard came back to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah, it does play with the player's mind, 100%. I, I think so. And, and I think he, he's one of, one, of, one of them. Theo's slightly different because he's been in the Premier League, hasn't he? That's what he knows, the division and stuff. But and I think Chank has maybe suffered from that maybe more than any other player in, in the squad. And he has shown signs, hasn't he? Was it was two goals at Stoke? Both were a good finishes, you know. Finishes, yeah, a really yeah. tough, really tough game. Yeah, terrific. As, as, yeah, can he do it? Stoke, great, Stoke. Fi- great finish um, at Huddersfield and, and Bright. Yeah. Was it Bright where he blew it yeah. off the air? Yeah. So he, there are signs there, he's, but does he do enough? I don't think he does enough. That's does the he thing, really? isn't That's it? it. And not, is it in him? I don't think it's his game, is it? You could see early season him trying, couldn't you? Yeah. You know, he, he worked his what's it's off in the early season, but then it's he was. He still wasn't. He wasn't doing the the graft and scoring as well to sort of keep him in the team, was he? Go, go without talking about Jermaine Defoe specifically. 
is, is that the type of striker we want? Hey, dare I say, hey, that phrase fox at the box, but <laughs> is, is that what, what I exactly? Think... When we say we want a centre forward, what what you know? They come in different shapes and sizes and nationalities and so on and so forth. What are we saying for the silver team and the players we've got at our disposal? What is the type of centre forward? The one that we, we sold down the East Langs Road. I was thinking that at the weekend. Yeah. I think if Romelu Lukaku was in this Everton team now, he'd have you know so 15 goals already this season. The quality of chances that we're creating, uh, we still miss him desperately. Um, you know, he, he's a, he was very very good for Everton Football Club. I know he didn't you know endear himself to an awful lot of people you know over the last uh, last year or so. Uh, but just you know, a very, very good striker and the type of player that we need. He's got the physical presence. He's got the ability to finish. He does run the channels. Okay, the ball bounces off himself occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but you know, far better than a lot of uh, Manchester United fans will tell you at the uh, moment. He's got I, a bit of pace as well. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. if you look at the two things, if you look at the, the striker that's come to the fore, so to speak, in recent weeks, and Marco has put more of his faith in, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, somebody who will work run channels, hold the ball up, got a bit of physical presence. And secondly, you look at the profile of strikers that Mark had at different clubs. Slomani at Sporting Lisbon, wanted to sign him again for Watford. Yeah. You had Andre Gray, yeah, not physically as, as, as imposing, but again, runs all day. Troy Deeney was a big player for Marco at Watford. Yeah. You know, even at Hull, he took Nias. Because mm-hmm. Nias isn't because he's prolific, because he works, you know... Works hard, yeah, yeah. Runs, 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 you know, is a nuisance physical and that that for me is the type of striker that, that Marco yeah. probably wants it's probably why Richarlison played there as well yeah, for bring, as long as he bring the ash back into the team then, yeah. Oh, no. but yeah. No, yeah so what we're saying is is a somewhat, it's different to Tosin then isn't it in terms of being pacey working hard running the channels good finisher perhaps and, and, and don't, but the, the, going back to our conversation about buying something in January the, Everybody in the Premier League is probably after a striker like that, aren't they? And and I think uh, <laughs> yeah. that's just something about goes back to this January thing, isn't it? But it yeah. almost is it. It sounds it might sound counterintuitive, but almost do we, we do we look for a player who whose scoring record isn't sensational, but it's the sort of player that will bring the rest of the players in who we know can score goals. That seems to be the kind of player that you know Marco Silva wants, but identifying them, you know, so is the most difficult well, thing. So what I'm saying is, is yeah. it actually easy to find that player who's got a bit of quality, but effectively isn't isn't a thirty goal in a season man, but is actually just a workhorse. Yeah, but but will create chances for others. Yeah. I mean, and that's our problem, isn't it? We've only got two players who can score goals, hasn't it? Yeah. And that, that that's that's come back to bite us over the last few games where both of them have have, have lost. I've lost, not going to say lost form completely, but I've dropped off a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, everybody's fishing the same market here, and, and I agree what that's the type of striker we need, but they don't don't grow on trees. I just think that little, little nibble of Jermaine Defoe could still do it for six months. I don't know. I think yeah. he's, he's past his... Yeah, well, he well, well past his subject, which is why he's in Scotland. Yeah, he's still... Yeah. Oh, of course. He's just, yeah. I was just thinking... Mm. I think in an ideal world, but we wouldn't because I think... Yeah. The transfer fee. I'd rather have his teammate Callum Wilson. Yeah, Callum. Oh, Isn't he just exactly what you'd we, want? We've said that before. It was interesting we spoke about this on the pod, didn't we, about three weeks ago? And uh, Chelsea were linked with about three days later. Imagine <laughs> Sarri, you know. Whether there's players that are available now, well, you know, yeah. Danny Ings was one. I thought yeah. he would fit that bill, you know, who works hard, who, you know, scores goals, physical. Maybe it, the transfer couldn't have happened because, you know, he was at Anfield and obviously he's doing well for Southampton now. 
Um, I can't think of many that would be available in January, though, in the Premier League that, you know, sort of yeah, could come I in and do a job. I think as I say, just looking at in the past, I don't think he would have done it really, but it was just this sort of thought, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, yeah, Wilson, but I think what we're saying is it's going to be difficult to get anybody in in January Absolutely, that we yeah. need, isn't yeah. it, really? Absolutely. Before we uh, finish today's pod, uh, more transfer tittle-tattle, but, you know, we'll discuss the merits of keeping or selling. Um, talk this week in France, uh, unverified reports that PSG remain very interested in Idrissa Gay. Preno, if the time is right, do we sell Ghana? Uh, yes, uh, I do. Um, I'm surprised actually the PSG are so heavily linked with him. You know, I like what Gay does for the team. You know, his ball winning qualities are wonderful. I mean, you know, he out tackled and, you know, so out won possession of Nagolo Kante, you know, so in the last couple of years. That part of his game is great, but it's what he does with the ball next that is so disappointing. And his distribution is, is very, very poor. And his shooting ability is virtually non existent. Um, and, you know, for a player, in that position, you need to be better at those other attributes rather than just winning the ball. You know, you've got to be able to give it simply to, to a teammate. So £7 million was a bargain, you know, so when Everton bought him. Uh, but for me, it's not really kicked on significantly, you know, from that first, you know, six months or so uh, when he impressed. And there, there are flashes occasionally when you think, wow, yeah, you know, so he's looking a player again. And, you know, that balance I like between him and Andre Gomez. But if we are going to improve as a football club and, you know, start troubling the top five or six, we need to be better in quite a lot of areas of the team, actually. You know, so we won't go into them all now. Uh, but certainly that is one of them, I think. You know, so we need a ball-winning midfielder that is capable of using the ball. You know, Schneidlin did a great for six months and then went missing. Gay started well, hasn't kicked on. Somebody that can do it, you know, some more extensively than that. So it depends on the, you know, if, if they come in and make, make a decent you know, offer. Yeah, I'd be tempted to accept. What's a decent offer, Gav? Um, an offer. To be honest, how old is he? 29? Yes. Yeah. So if you're silver, you're thinking, I've got, what's he got? So I've got a three-year deal. He signed, well, yeah. the new deal that he signed in October 2017 that was announced in February yeah. 2018. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, think yeah. a, um, I think it was a, I think it was a five-year okay. five deal. So Silva's it? got a three, four-year deal, so well, like, Gay's 29 now. The end of my contract, it's like the way managers, I would imagine, think. The end of my contract, I'm still here, he's going to be 33. He's not going to be anywhere near the team. So therefore, I think, if I get, bear in mind, we bought him for seven million, so he's going to be... He's going to be off the books, hasn't it? Because we'd be very, that transfer fee would have gone through the accounts. Uh, virtually anything we make now is a profit. We got and and that's setting aside trying to know what Penno's saying about his ability. Even I think even if he was a better player, mm. you know, he could pass the ball and stuff like that. You'd be thinking at twenty nine, you get a decent fee. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't ho- then that, yeah. that 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 is a result. And isn't isn't that actually weave into a again? It's a pod in itself a new strategy the football club of selling players at the premium price possibly at the peak of their careers to help yeah absolutely yeah brands have said that hasn't he mm. you know i think he said that's you and stuff a couple of times is that that's it's it that that you know the importance of selling players at at the right price is is is, is a key part of your business and i think this is a classic example where i'd be disappointed if he didn't go because we wanted too much for him and i, I think if it is Brand's decision working with Silver, I don't think they put themselves in that position, to be honest with you. I think they'll see this as an opportunity uh, and a chance to to rebuild with a younger 
team with different attributes as Penhouse had. Yeah, he was a player that Marco Silva inherited, you know, so he wasn't somebody that, you know, he actively brought in. And there is, it's becoming an art in modern football now, uh, you know, so buying players and, and selling them on, as we saw with Dominic Solanke uh, this week. And I'm convinced still... Incredible, incredible um, business. Oh, that. incredible. And I'm convinced still that that's why Chelsea bought Ross Barkley. You know, I, I still don't think yeah. that that was uh, done with a view to... OK, he improved you know, the squad depth, uh, but I don't think he was ever considered as a, a regular first-team starter. I think he was just seen as an incredible bit of business that you know, they couldn't turn their back on. Yeah, and, and I think this, this falls into that category. I mean, I think and there's advantages to the player, obviously, as well. And uh, I think that hopefully that, that may happen. Not, not because we want to lose him, but I just think it is good, mm. good business. Indeed, uh, chaps, thank you very much for your company today. Uh, thank you for listening to the uh, Royal Blue podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, rate and review us uh, on the iTunes, of the Acast app as well, and please do that. Uh, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.